Hello, hello, everyone. This is your host, Akil Jubar, and welcome back to another episode of SAS District. In today's episode, we'll actually be doing something a little bit different than normal. So if you're expecting to see a guest on the show, you'll be in for a little bit of a surprise as today I'll be talking about the six core principles that every startup founder should know. So let's get started, guys. Um, As you guys know, finding and starting a SaaS company has never been easier, right? You develop a solution to an existing problem, you write that lean plan, you validate it, you out, you explore different pricing models, you establish a brand, legalize it, finance it, get funding, build your product, go to market strategy, all the things we talk about normally on the show. But even if you have everything right, even if you do everything as planned, there's still, I think it's like 8% chance of surviving, you know, the competition and being the right market, the right place. There's a lot of luck that has to be in your favor for everything to go right. And that's what happens when you're in a competitive market uh, while trying to keep up with the obviously growth in the industry. Everyone's trying to get in and build something unique and different. So that's why, you know, many SaaS founders are listening. They're also always trying to improve their chances to stand out, you know, get that one final thing to help them succeed and obviously cross that path of, uh, you know, abandoned projects, dead SaaS businesses that, that, are, that are happening. Um, and you, see, you hear kind of these defining principles that I want to talk about in the startup and the SaaS space and the SaaS business model from many books like, you know, the hard things about the hard things that's been mentioned several times in this book, Lean Startup, one of my favorite as well, and Crossing the Chasm. Uh, but today we're going to talk about some principles that I think every SaaS founder should think about when building, growing, and running their SaaS business. So this was actually based on an interview and article from JP or Joseph. If you guys haven't checked out that episode, he's from uh, he's an entrepreneur and tech investor at Felix Capital. Now, and uh, why I thought it was interesting is because we have a lot of similarities and overlap in how we kind of think and how we look at what a successful business looks like. What does a great founder look like? What are the right strategies? That, you know, if you look at them over and over again, you know, talking to so many different founders on a day-to-day basis, um, if you kind of follow these principles, I think that'll give you kind of a clearer path on, uh, you know, moving you towards the right direction, I think. So that being said, let's get started with our principles. Startup principle number one. How do you figure out how much capital you should raise for your business? Okay, so this is a question that's often asked in, in so many you know, uh, discussions that I have. How much capital should I be raising? Uh, it might sound easy and tempting to actually go out and raise more money than you actually need. Maybe because your competition has done it or maybe just because, you know, because your ego or what you see on the news, uh, you want to raise more than you actually need. But the thing is, if you raise more capital than you need, you actually end up being more inefficient. And, and I'm not just saying being inefficient with the money. You actually make less efficient business decisions. Okay, if you plan out exactly where you want to spend money. And then if you end up looking at your bank account and saying, hey, look, I have all this extra money, you start finding places to go and spend it. So you need to be thinking, how much capital do I actually need? And the best way to kind of form that and formulate that is to build a budget. I would say, you know, one to two year budget. Okay. Typically people say like 18 months is, is kind of a good rule of thumb. How much do you actually need for 18 months? And then let's add 10 to 20% buffer. Okay. So that's fair. Don't, don't go too high or more than you need. So you, let's say you need uh, $5 million over the next 18 months at, at 10%, maybe say 5.5, maybe we'll go up to 6 million, right? So that way you have that buffer so you can, you can uh, experiment and play with until you get a more defined uh, picture of what you're actually spending every single month. And just to add to that, you know, obviously be optimistic with your budget, right? And always use hard numbers to come up with that level of what you actually need. So if you know 
that you know you're going to need five. You need to hire five engineers. You're going to need to hire a marketing team. You're going to need to hire a manager. You're going to put all this money into some you know different experiments and budgets. You know that what a a marketing manager costs in your area. You know what a software engineer costs in your area. You know how much travel you're going to be doing in the next six months or the next year. How much does a travel cost? So you know, try to get real data. Don't just try to make things up. Um, try to do a bit of research and understand what the market rate is for for what you're budgeting, and then cu- become very clear with that. So you know, it's funny because you have some founders who come to you saying, "Say, uh, I'm, I ask them how much how much are you planning to raise." You say, "You know, we might want five million. We might want ten million." But you know what? We're going to see somewhere in between there and see where it lands. But I think the truth is you actually need to be a little bit more you know, analytical and data-driven in your approach of how you approach that. So you know, 5 to 10 million is a, is a broad range. You can say, you know, we need a minimum somewhere between 5. If we go up to 6, 6.5, then you know, we're probably in a better position to have that conversation. And you'll get that respect from the investor because you know exactly what you're looking for and why you need it. All right. So that's number one. Number two. Staying laser focused, okay? I'm a huge believer in being focused in every single aspect of what you're doing, not just your business and life. When you do something, you know, do it really, really well. And when it comes to being a startup founder specifically, you really, really need need to nail your core proposition. So don't go and try out and try to do 50 different things at once, right? Think about that one core thing that's going to make your business succeed. Okay, and really, really invest a lot of time and resources into doing that. And then once you've nailed it, once you feel comfortable with that, then you go out into other areas. Okay, so, you know, I've talked to many founders and different people and they'll say, here's, you know, 300 things that we're going to do over the next 12 months. I'm going to launch this market. I'm going to do all these new product features. So we say, okay, well, why don't you slow down for a minute here? Let's really dig into the core part of your business because that is what's going to be the success or the failure factor. Not all these fancy features, not everything you're trying to achieve here. Focus on what's doing really well. Stay laser focused and try to say no. Right. So that, I think that's the biggest thing is like learn to say no. You know, that kind of adds to this thing, laser focused. You're going to get so many opportunities. You're going to be have so many temptations around you from your customers, from your employees, from investors telling you you should do this. You should try that. Why don't you move this market? And don't, don't, don't get me wrong. You should listen to the feedback. But at the end of the day, you've got to stick to your core model of what you're actually trying to achieve. And don't forget that. All right. Number three, follow your customers. I think this is also really core to any business in any walk of life, not just, you know, SaaS or startup. This also works for small businesses. The concept that your customers are the people who are using your product, and they're probably the people who are going to have the best indication of what's working, what's not working, and where you should be going. They should be defining your product roadmap and where you actually go into next quarter, the next year, and how you decide to build your company. Now, uh, you might have heard this story before. Uh, I think it was Jeff Bezos. He was asked this um, you know, in an interview a couple of years ago. He was asked, you know, so you're, are you getting into the warehouse business now? You're getting into physical business. You're getting into uh, different kind of locations and, and you know, drivers and, and all that. And what he would say is, no, we're, we're a customer f- business. You know, and that's what he would stick to. He's like, no, we're doing what the customer demands. You know, we're not a product business. We're not a supplier business. We're not a warehouse business. We're not a real estate. We're not a delivery business. We're a customer-based business. And that's exactly what we're creating here. We're creating exactly what our customers want. And if they want convenience, then we're going to build convenience. If they want overnight shipping, we're going to create overnight shipping. And that's what we're creating here. So always follow your customers. You know, it sounds you know, really kind of logical, but any strategic decision you're going to make, you should always have that in the back of your mind. Are my customers asking for this? 
is there actually going to be demand for this? And then you can ask, you know, how should we price this? And then always think about your customer. All right. Number four, principle number four. Not all investors are created equally. And you know, this might sound a little self-serving because um, it's like trying to say that why we're different. You know, at Horizon Capital, we're an investment firm. We invest and acquire. We do growth equity as well in B2B SaaS companies between you know, 1 million and 5 million of ARR. But these days, there's literally you know so many different types of investors in these market. There's literally no no shortage of capital, or uh, you know for SaaS businesses in general. If you have a strong vision, if you have a strong team, you're probably going to be able to have no issue raising money. Then it comes down to who is the best investor for me at this stage of my business. Okay, I've made this mistake several times in business uh, decisions, taking money from people or working with people. I think it's the same thing. It's a relationship. You work with people, um, you think they're you know good fits for you based on you know certain things. You get all excited. Um, they're going to write you a check, but you're 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 going to be stuck with these people for the next five years, ten years. You're going to be stressed out if you partner with the wrong person, right? So there's a lot of different elements here that are tied here, but for the most important ones, you have to think about you know cultural fit. Um, when you when you decide to pick an investor, yeah, like I said, you're going to be working with this person for five years, maybe longer. You want to think, can I sit with this person uh, like I do with a friend? Can I go to a restaurant with them? Can I introduce them to my family? Can I get a drink with them? Um, you know, even though you don't do all those things, you have to think those are the kind of, um, you know, how you have to think of them in terms of, uh, you know, cultural fit. But at the same time, even though they're your friend or, you know, look at them as your friend, they have to be able to still give you those hard truth and the hard reality uh, when you need them. So I think that's really, really Number one, when you're looking at, you know, picking your investor. Um, then obviously the next thing you want to think about is like, you know, what is their domain knowledge? You know, you want you want an investor that knows their market, the same market as you uh, equally or even as well as you do or even uh, more than you do, right? Because that's what we call smart money. You want them to be able to add value, help with hiring, help with operational elements, get involved when needed, network. So it's not just about the money these days, like I said, right? So you have to choose between, you know, if you have that option, smart money versus any investor money, it's, it, you know, you, you can choose both ways. Like, but like I said, it's a relationship. Uh, so when I start investing, it's, 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 you know, in a business, I look at it like a relationship that works both ways. And, uh, you know, both sides at the table, we both need to get along and we both need to feel 100% of this. Um, so like I said, cultural fit, that's a huge element of what we do. You don't just need to bring the vision you don't need to just bring the team who's going to enact on the vision. You also need to feel comfortable that when I'm giving these people money, I need to understand and feel and believe that they can actually get there. So that for us is super, super really important early on is making sure we have that cultural fit. And I would suggest the same for you guys when you're looking for any investor to invest with you. So that's number four. Number five, look in the mirror before you look out in the window. All right, so this is a little funny analogy or vision I have, but uh, I think a lot of time as a startup founder, you can get really focused on situations they have no control over, such as what are your comp competition doing? What are your competitors doing? You can sit there and you can press a lot about it. You can think about it. You can spend most of your days looking at where they are, looking at their updates, following their Twitter page. What are they doing? What are the updates they're, they're working on? But really, uh, especially at an early stage business, you really need to focus on yourself. Your number one priority should be, how do I make my business the best possible version? That's the only question you should be focusing on and tackling. That dream, that vision, 
and what everyone else is doing in the market is not relevant. If you can build an amazing business, everything else will, will, will fall into place. I think there's a bigger risk that you fail on execution rather than somebody else killing you along the way. So keep that in mind that your probabilities are, are going to actually improve if you focus on yourself. So as a startup founder, you know, keep, keep tabs on your competition. No problem with that. But you shouldn't be spending all your time, time on that. Focus internally, focus on your team, focus on your business. And eventually, you'll reap the rewards for focusing on that. And that's what you'll get paid for in the long term. And you know what? Maybe who knows? Your competition will start you know, sweating bullets and they'll be looking at you as the, the role model of uh, who they want to replicate because you actually focused on yourself. So that's a good position to be in if your competition is coming to you um, and you continue to focus on yourself and you're growing, uh, you know, then, then, then you're in a good position. So that's startup principle number five. Look in the mirror before you look out the window. Startup principle number six, finally. Um, Believing relentlessly in your vision and your business. So this is something I can spot on very, very early on. Okay, so if I meet a founder, uh, and I'm talking about amazing businesses and amazing founders, they have this burning fire. They have this burning energy inside them, and they know they're onto something, and they know what they're doing is right. Everybody just gets feeds off their energy, right? You, you've probably seen that before, right? You talk to a founder, maybe yourself, when you talk about your business. Even though maybe to to somebody you know walking on the street may look at it and say, yeah, okay, this is no no, no big deal. It's, it's good for you, but for you, this is a big deal. This means so much to you. This is your baby. You love every part of it. Um, and those people, they they just don't care what other people are going to tell them. They believe that they're going to get there and they're going to make it happen no matter what. If you're with them, you can join them. If you're not, then you can you know we're going to continue running no matter if you're there or not. So me as an investor, that's something I really really want to see as well. I want to see a founder who just understands what they're doing and they know exactly where they're going and how they're going to get there. So obviously you guys can think of, uh, you know, people out there like, you know, Elon Musk, right? When he thinks of going to the moon, you know, there's people who are going to say he's crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. There's no way he can do it. But he doesn't let anybody else decide what he does and stops doing. If, if he listened to all the naysayers and, you know, disbelievers or, or you know, haters, whatever you want to call it, you know, he, w- he wouldn't continue on, right? He believes in it so much. He has that fire that he can figure it out. He's going to get up every single day to make it work. And that's why he's able to attract, you know, continue that energy and attract the money, attract the talent. Um, as long as he has that vision, he holds on to it. And that's why he has that, you know, uh, relentless drive and now success for being able to hold on to that vision as part of his business. So, you know, believe in yourself, believe in your vision. If you have something you really believe in, uh, you know, share that energy. Don't be afraid to share it with the rest of the world because you'd be surprised at how many people would love to join and be part of that when they feel that you believe in your company so much. All right. So there you have it, guys. Uh, that That is it. So those are the six principles that I think you guys should, you know, really think about with your business. Uh, this was a shorter episode. I understand it's not the longer, you know, 40-minute type epi- uh, interview style episode, but I thought I would do something a little different here. If you guys enjoy this type of, you know, shorter type podcast episode, let me know, guys. I'd love to hear your feedback. We want to change things up, try things differently and see what resonates with with you guys listening in. So send me an email or just message me on Twitter at Akil Jabbar or email me at Akil at horizoncapital.com. And I'd love to hear your feedback. If you enjoyed this type of episode, maybe I'll try to do a couple more like this. Or if you have other suggestions on how we can improve the show, please let me know as this is done for you guys to help you with your SaaS journey and obviously continue to grow. So 
Thank you guys for joining us on Statistics Show today. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. 